This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your host, Matt Scalina. And Matt, I am fired up for today because we have ourselves on the show talking about how to get top dollar in this current market. The thing with this current market, Adam, is, uh, and this is, we just recorded this. This is coming after the, the. I feel like we had decent inflation numbers. I was feeling a right. little bit on top of I the world. I was optimistic. I was, and then the Fed came and just, smacked everybody down yesterday with that with that 0.75 I feel like uh, this increase it it feels a little bit more ominous uh today uh just generally because the it was kind of the no end in sight comment yeah, yeah. you know what I, I feel like it's it's been a, a bit of a roller coaster where the ups are maybe almost self-imposed where you're like I think I think that's good news I think I we're think this is a soft I think we're landing. moving yeah and then and then a, a scream down yeah, it's it's a weird emotional roller coaster, but you know nobody's running scared in this room for sure. And at the same time, uh, you know this is this is a it's an interesting moment because in Vancouver we have such low inventory right now. This is the thing, right? You have the macro environment that's wreaking havoc, uh, but then you're not even sub markets, which we get into. Yeah. Um, but generally speaking, uh, the inventory is just so low. And it's always lackluster. Yes, yeah. there's never been a great moment to buy real estate in uh, era. It's always challenging, I should say. Yeah, to buy real estate in Vancouver, and, and now is uh, is no different. So, um, yeah, it's definitely not uh, all doom and gloom around here. And uh, this is a ton of useful information, I think. Yeah, uh, for anyone considering selling a property. Uh, now or in the near future. We we break this conversation down uh, by talking a little bit about the market. Then we talk about preparation. We talk about strategy. And then we move into timeline about how to roll out a listing. And and really, this is uh, taken from our ideas and experience and countless listings and over the years. And systems. Um, but we've had these systems in place that we've just been honing for years and years and years. And they work. And so what we're doing today is we're unpacking them, but we're making them a little bit more specific to today's market. And I think anyone's going to, anyone that listens to this show is going to have a lot of takeaways, and I would if, expect. And if you're listening and you're like, hey, you know what, this is all great, and uh, but I'm on a treadmill. Uh, if, if you need help in any way or information in uh, written form, yes. get in touch. just get in touch. Yeah, get in touch or check out VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. But Matt, without further ado, let's cut to our conversation uh, with ourselves. Sounds good to me. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road, This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, 
over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one-beds to three-beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Okay, Matt. So how to sell your property for top dollar in today's current market? And this is the fall 2022. And it's worth, and you know what? Time stamped. And Adam, let's maybe before we even start, talk about why we're doing this. Well, Matt, the market, I'm going to be the first to say this. The market has changed. (laughs) (laughs) The market is a little different. Here's the thing. When we've been talking over the course of, call it the last two years on this program, a little bit post-COVID, we've been talking about super aggressive sellers markets. Everything's selling, right? You put a house on the market, it sells. The biggest thing you had to consider when you were selling your house or condo or townhome was having a gifted agent who could extract as much money out of that potential sale, right? That was, that was the most right. important question as a well, seller. Are you going to get four offers or 14? Exactly, exactly. And, and, and how do we do a strategy so that we don't leave money on the table? Now we're moving into a completely different market, Matt. And give, give me the sales ratios. Well, let's talk about the most recent stats. August right. was 30% below the 10-year average for in August. And two things to note. One is we've been, you know, finagling stats over the course of COVID. Wow. Compared to last August when it was a total lockdown, it's X. This is the 10-year average. So COVID plays a, a very minor role in this. We are well, well below the regular amount of sales in Vancouver right. in some of the slowest months. It is basically dead out there. There is two just under, slightly under two homes out of every 10 that are selling across the Vancouver region. Yeah. So to put that in seller's terms, you're coming to market. You can look around at nine properties that are being listed near you and only two of you are going to succeed in the next month in selling. It might be you, it might not. And really, and, and the other thing I'll say is, you know, a lot of people think of sales ratios or absorption rates, et cetera. What you have to realize here is that it is very market specific, but as a, as a whole, the market has softened. There's a lot of buyers out there that are serious buyers, but the amount of buyers out there is nowhere near what it was. And the last thing I'll say is, I think what's really been holding things together is is just the lack of inventory. Right. That is the one the one uh, the one thing that's been notable here is is the inventory is just lackluster to say the least. So if you're a seller, don't despair. But really when you're thinking about two out of every 10 homes selling, we're basically saying tier one properties, those top notch properties that are always in demand are, are moving. Yes. But not all tier one, right? Because we're talking two out of every 10. So how do you make sure that you get your tier one property sold or 
can you get your tier two property bumped into that sold category and beat out a tier one? Right. How can you do that? It takes preparation and it takes strategy. Yes, absolutely. And and you're right. And the tier one is tied to the n- limited inventory because there's not a lot of great inventory. There's not a lot of inventory in general. So when you come on, you want to be a standout. You got to be a standout. You have to stand out in some way and it has to be a positive. Okay. So the first thing you can do is start depersonalizing your space. So what do we mean by that? What do we mean by that? Well, think about a developer show home. If you go in and you see uh, Bob and Susan and their three kids, you don't imagine it as your space. You say, who's Bob and Susan? Yeah. And why am I in their home? get me out of here. (laughs) So what we mean then is you want to do that to your space before you hit the market. Remove all your personal photos. I don't want to see your wedding photos. Your degrees, your awards, all your knickknacks from around the world on your fridge. I'm trying to picture myself living there. The goal is to make the buyer see the property as their own. Yes, 100%. So So depersonalize. Depersonalize. Make him or her. Do not make the potential buyer feel like a visitor in someone else's home. Yeah, that's exactly it. So depersonalize is number one. Number two is declutter. Again, now this is why we bring up the show home. Think of that show home. Clean lines, orderly. No signs of chaos. Right. In short, less is more. You got to make space for two people to comfortably walk through the property because, you know, having done hundreds of open houses over the years, what you realize is thousands. You, yeah, actually, you know, you realize though, people come in twos. Often people will bring a friend. Very rare. If somebody's even buying for themselves, they bring a friend or a parent almost always. Exactly. So make room for two people to comfortably tour the property. So clear out any hallways, make sure that there's that all sides of a bed, um, that you can walk around a bed, make sure that there's room on the outside space or or patio for people to step out on the, on the balcony to have a look or onto, onto the porch. It's about making visual space. Yeah, exactly. Visual space and room to move through. And I think visual space is huge because a lot of these places that we're selling in Vancouver, they're not huge. There's not a lot of visual space. No, there's not a lot of visual space. And I think that is one of the most important things. So declutter, that's going to be an obvious one for people. But guess what? If you think you've decluttered, I guarantee you probably have more decluttering to do. You know what? Take 24 hours, 48 hours, come back and go through every room again and ask yourself, is this adding or taking away from this room? Yeah. And you're exactly. going to clear out more. And and even if you think it's adding, it's probably not. It's almost certainly taking away. Yeah. So, all right. So then, and on top of that, Matt, just to pile on the declutter and the depersonalize, but clear and clean surfaces. And what we mean by that is kitchen kitchen counters should be cleared for the most part. There are exceptions, of course. Espresso machine. Uh, sure. A stylish set of knives. A cookbook open to a page with a nice <laughs> recipe, <laughs> but folded like in a, in a flower, flowerly shape. No, I, yeah, there's, and we, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but the bathroom counters should be cleared with the exception of, uh, say a soap dispenser or, or hand towels, that sort of thing. Um, remove any debris from floors, remove bath mats from bathrooms. That's kind of a pet, personal pet peeve, but visual bath space mats? again is it. Depends on the bath mat, but yeah, I'm going to say, especially if you have beautiful tile in your, uh, in your bathrooms, show off the tile. Yeah. 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 I mean, w- you definitely want to remove the obvious things. I Toasters. 
uh, posters. Speaking of yeah. pet peeves, and now this is not this is often with a tenant that is potentially not interested in actually selling the space, right? But what drives me crazy is toothbrushes, like. On, like as if like somebody's literally like, like well used yeah well used toothbrushes on the on the uh beside the sink and you're like what is going on here this is uh if you have any control over the circumstances those seem obvious but it's amazing how often uh how many how, people's well, toothbrushes i've seen over the years it all seems obvious when you're listening but the fact of the matter is is that 60 or 70 percent of the homes that we typically bring people through could be presented better much better and let's let's move on to the next one. Light it up, which I haven't said since college, um, and then light it up some more, and then pass it on <laughs> the left hand side. Uh, but here's the here's the thing: replace burnt out light bulbs and add light in dark corners or dark spaces. Absolutely. And you know what? It, this is especially important for condos where certain rooms don't have a ceiling light. Right. Right. So often those rooms can feel quite dark, especially if you're not either living there sure. or you're kind of halfway moved out or whatever, those bedrooms can feel quite dark. I'm going to go out on a limb and say here that any any of the agents that listen to the program, thanks for listening, first of all. But second of all, everyone that brings buyers through places, it's almost like a buyer is trained to look for natural light in a condo because everybody, and that's the coaching that people get from their family and their friends. Make sure there's a lot of natural light because Vancouver, we all know eight, nine months of the year, we're under cloud. If you don't get it, it can be a depressing city in a lot of ways when it's uh, when it's raining all the time. Now, we have some old stats here, Adam, but in 2019, Vancouver had 144 days of rain. In 2018, it was closer to 200. I would say in the first four months of 2022, it was every day. Yeah. Every single day, miserable. Right. And and this is the thing. So it's a, it's a city in search for vitamin D. And everybody is, uh, you, this is why every realtor puts bright and spacious in the description, right? In all caps. <laughs> and, and really, that's the, that's the key thing. People are looking for natural light. Get as much natural light as you can into your place. Um, of course, when we're showing, we open up all the blinds and the windows trying to get as much light as we possibly can. But if you know that there's dark corners in your place, get some artificial lighting that can be turned on for when you are actually ready to start showing the and property. And again, in selling a place, you're dealing with objections. A couple lights from winners or wherever you're buying them is a, is a very small price to pay when we're talking about thousands, potentially tens of thousands, or potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. And the number one complaint will be, man, it felt dark in there. So light it up. Right. So Adam, we've talked about depersonalizing, decluttering, cleaning uh, countertops, lighting it up. What's next? Neutralize art. I don't know how many times I've been into um, places where they just have like really dark or potentially offensive art that really becomes the topic of conversation more so than the floor plan or the beautiful views. You know what? I feel like books have the, have the potential for that as well. Sure. Yeah. Art is subjective. It's open for interpretation. The best rule of thumb is to keep it as neutral and non-offensive as you possibly can. In short... And we can move on from this one because it's it's straightforward. But don't use art to distract from the main exhibit, which is your home. Further to that, don't read too many interesting books and have them on uh, the shelves. I feel like an elaborate bookshelf, I, I feel like has derailed. And, and like with good books right. or interesting books, it's derailed showing. I think that's just you. You're... <laughs> 
I, I don't know. I feel like I talk, and it's not me. I feel like people bring up, oh, look at this. Look at this. Interesting guy. Computers for dummies. <laughs> Who is this guy? Mirrors and reflective surfaces. This is the next one. Uh, make small spaces feel larger. That's absolutely true. And I love a, large mirrors. Well, this is it. Yeah, exactly. Because you have body dysmorphia, the opposite <laughs> way of how most people do. Um, but here's the thing. When you walk into a place... You want to, especially if it's a small condo and you've got house furniture, man, is that a tough sell? Yeah. Like it doesn't matter how beautiful the condo is. If you have like a giant leather couch. As as much as anyone, but uh, we don't need any lawsuits. Don't come down on the brick. No. You know what? Great stuff. (laughs) But, but you're, but you're right. Often large when it's in a one bedroom condo. This is it. So have house (laughs) furniture in a house, uh, have condo furniture in a condo and in smaller condos or in smaller spaces, it's nice to have either reflective surfaces or see-through uh, surfaces, coffee tables, that sort of thing, just to give more visual space uh, or to f- reflect lighting or reflect reflect more space. Like mirrors help, um, of course, make make spaces feel larger. And that's uh, that's tried and tested. Yeah, I mean, basically, what you're talking about is making small spaces feel larger, and and that goes a long way. Next up, Adam, everybody wants to know how deep that closet is. Right. Whether the door's closed or not, they're going in. <laughs> yeah. And I get that. That's like the number one question we get when people list their places. Are people going to be looking in my closets? And the answer is yes. Yes. The answer yeah. is yes. And yeah. so if you have a, a two-foot closet, which most people do, you just you just want to make sure that a potential purchaser looks at the storage and they they think it's sufficient. So this is a great time to declutter, to give old clothes to... Um, you know, Sally Ann. Yeah, the Sally Ann. Maybe they still call um, Yeah, I love to recommend to people to use the vacuum sealed bags that you can get from Home Depot. If you have a storage bed, you can put sweaters, winter clothing, that sort of thing under your actual bed, which is great, or just under a bed in general. You can you can put stuff there, or even just leave the vacuum sealed bags in the closet, but push them kind of deep so they're out of sight. But the real the reality is is that closets should be about sixty percent full. And 40% empty at most. Yeah. You don't want overstuffed closets. You definitely don't want somebody decluttering the main room and jamming it in the closet. Right. Uh, Those spaces are investigated by buyers and they're interpreted. And if you have a lot of stuff and it's rammed into the closet, or if you just have a lot of clothes and it looks like it's overstuffed with clothes, the general impression is, Maybe this space isn't large enough. Or these guys are bursting at the seams and there's only two of them and there's two of us or or whatever, right? But if you do have storage, Matt, the next one is it's okay to have storage. Just make sure that it's organized. Right. Yeah, Adam, it's definitely okay to have storage. Just remember when you're thinking about your storage and organizing all of your storage, just remember that you're trying to create a life that people wish they had. So orderly, people expect people to have storage. That's obvious stuff in storage, golf clubs, winter clothes, whatever it is. But just again, moving away from that bursting at the seams, chaos, orderly storage is best. Yeah. And I I always recommend people go and get, if they don't have any Tupperware or uh, storage boxes that they, that they go and get some, because a lot of the miscellaneous small items can just be tucked away obviously in a, in a decorative box or a, a storage box of some kind. And it just makes everything look neat and organized, which uh, is a big, is it, it all helps. 
So we're talking storage has been organized. Closets have been taken care of. We've added some mirrors. We've added some light. We've taken down the obnoxious art. We've cleaned surfaces. We've decluttered. We took down the family photos. What's next? Let's move to the bedroom, specifically the bed. Yeah, yeah. So moving to the bedroom, a good friend of the show always says, make the bedroom as romantic as you possibly can. And I, that doesn't mean... Um, Heart-shaped bed. Uh, Heart-shaped bed. And, Mirrors uh, on the ceiling. And, and uh, rose petals. But here, here's the thing. Mirrors on the ceilings. Uh, <laughs> here, here's the thing. You can make the bed feel like, a, like an inviting space that both men and women will both uh, equally enjoy. So, I mean, I think some decorative pillows, some art, some... some stylish some, throw. A stylish throw, some mirrors, just make it look... A good example, and, and we've used this example on the show before, but really think of a hotel. Think of uh, really just a stylish hotel and how enticing that bedroom. You, I feel like you walk in the hotel, you almost immediately lie on the bed. Yeah. There's a reason for that. It's very inviting. It's very, very inviting. Make, think of a hotel. Next up, we're moving right along to the bathroom. How do you deal? Now, we've already talked about toothpaste and clearing the, and vanity, clearing the vanity, organizing the drawers and the medicine cabinets, removing the bath mat. I also think, so spa up the bathroom is the key here. You know, white fluffy towels or, or fluffy or cozy looking towels, the type of towel that you see and you're like, I want to wrap myself in that. That's a good towel. Hand towels, a nice soap dispenser, you know, making sure that you organize the shower niche or around the tub. Think luxurious, think uh, um, spa. That's what you want to be thinking. When you're looking at your bathroom, that's what you want to be thinking is, is spa. Moving right along, Adam, to the outdoor space. Now, not every place has outdoor space, but most often we're dealing with a patio or some sort of garden. How are we approaching that? Like a dreamlike refuge, Matt. Um, I, I, I want to. I was waiting for that. I, I, uh, I think, I think you need to uh, make a sanctuary. Um, is that as, is that like a sanctuary but with sun? Yeah, that's exactly what that is. We'll remind people that it's sun drenched. You just make it look like it's uh, <laughs> a sanctuary, a sanctuary, and 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 well used. But all joking aside, you can dress up a patio with plants, uh, with size appropriate lounging furniture, or or a bistro table. You can uh, definitely, if you're if you're in a house uh, or a townhouse, you know you want to make sure that that uh, you've pulled all the weeds, you've you've cut the grass, you've trimmed the hedges. You're making it again a very manicured, organized space. The fact of the matter is, it goes back to how people imagine themselves living, and outdoor space plays a very important role, especially in a place like Vancouver where it's often limited, right, and very limited. So if you have it dress it up, make it as appealing as possible. Likewise with balconies, right? Balconies are very important to people and it's not that expensive to, uh, to make it inviting. We've spent a lot of money in the past uh, decade or so on pressure washing. Uh, and, and we've done that for a reason. It rains a lot in this city. You want to just, you want to have a clean, inviting space for people, regardless of what time of the year. So this is a list a laundry list here of things to do for basically anyone. Let's move on to to some upgrades that add a little bit of value. First off, minor blemishes. Yeah, Matt, sales is handling objections plain and simple. I don't really, if, if your property is beat up or if you have some wear and tear, just normal wear and tear, 
have it fixed. And we have, you know, shout out to Michael who does all of our repairs, who's been saving our butts for a very long time. But the reality is, is that you should do a room by room walkthrough and you're basically doing a deficiency report in your own home. Everything that has to be uh, touched, touched up um, prior to listing. And some of these, to give oh, wait, you some you're, examples. But you're, yeah, because you're not talking, when you say deficiencies, we're not talking roof, furnace, windows. No, we're not I'm not talking big ticket items here. No, no, I, I don't think it's worth doing big ticket items uh, per se. But instead, we're talking about like recalking the tub, uh, regrouting tiles if need be, or at least cleaning these items, uh, fixing that hole in the wall or, or um, making the tracks on the closet doors uh, run smoothly, um, WD-40 and the hinges, painting any kind of yellowish stains um, from a potential leak that's not active but happened yeah. a long time ago. I'm um, just making visually the space appear like it's uh, it's as a, a newer property or in or a meticulously maintained property. Right, exactly. So repairing minor blemishes, Adam, in in any home uh, is important. People touring around, they're always looking for reasons uh, not to buy, especially sure. in a market like this. The same thing applies in the townhome or single family market, but we're talking about the exterior. Yeah, the curb appeal. And I just want to quickly go back because the only thing is everybody wants to buy the car that grandma drove to church on Sundays just to kind of summarize the repairing minor blemishes, make your house look gently lived in. Like make it look like that house that was driven once a week, right? Right. So let's let's talk a little bit about curb appeal to the masses. In real estate, the front of your house is the absolute first impression, right? And in, you'll hear countless people's talk, people talk about how I've walked by this house a hundred times. I've always loved this house, right? People look, fall in love with the the character of the home or the exteriors, right? And and the front door is important. Well, yeah, the front the front of the house is important. The front door is important. Everything's important, but you got to make your house pop um, for sure. And and there's different ways to do that. But what a lot of people will do is they'll they'll paint the trim or touch up the paint. Uh, they'll make this door a statement color, which um, happens a lot in this city. Maybe changing out the mailbox, something that's stylish, or updating the house numbers. Um, consider outdoor furniture, or looking at your house and kind of taking an inventory of the outdoor space, and and basically indicating how people can use that space. So if there's a place that is a great place for you know a bistro table, put a bistro table there. But basically show people how to use your yard, and that that can really help with uh, with the curb appeal as well. Create a clear path to your door. Deal with any tripping hazards or safety issues, you know, and and again, like before, like we talked about, make sure everything is well manicured. I feel like when I bought my home, one of the uh, the key selling features was the neighbor's garden. Right. I mean, it, our place was a bit of a disaster uh, when we went and saw it, but literally, I mean, it, it just goes to show curb appeal. It was almost like okay, we're dealing with a house here that's a little bit underwhelming, but look at what we could do. Yeah. And well, it was actually, it was just luck of the draw. But right. um, I, I remember that being that and the fact that there was one of those leave a book, take a book Mailboxes. libraries on the street yeah. were the two things that kind of uh, made us think, uh, I want to be on the street. Interesting. Yeah. I don't think your seller did either of those, but just by chance. No, there was tarps on what, the roof of the house I bought. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, that's but save, it was keeping, that for the how to it, find it, a deal. It was <laughs> it was keeping the water out. Yeah. <laughs> so so last thing, Adam, we've talked now about minor blemishes on the inside, curb appeal on the outside. Maybe last before before we move on here. I have two more. You only have one. Wait. I, well, I want to I want to talk about modern accessories. So yeah. this is these are the the little things that you may not notice day in day out, but that you can do to make changes that are not very expensive that can really modernize your space. Things like replacing the hardware on your cabinets or, look, or light fixtures. Yeah. Look, but look, often you'll, you'll notice really dated cabinets and uh, the most egregious part is, is the hardware, sure. which is also the cheapest uh, to replace. Right. And, and that goes a long way. So the, you go through and kind of take an inventory of dated accessories that yep. you can easily modernize light fixtures, hardware. These are inexpensive ways to modernize your home. Stylish uh, lighting goes a long way. Um, if you can change out the pendant lights or if you can add a new uh, dining room fixture uh, there, you know, it, it, it definitely goes a long way. And, and I, I would say most importantly, kind of in the living space and then also the bad, the bathrooms, it's, it's key to have good lighting and, and, and modern lighting or lighting that, that ties into the uh, style of the home for sure. So definitely consider all the modern accessories last but not least. And this is something that we do before we show any property, but I just want to highlight it because I think it's one of the most important things that we've added to our rollout of listings. And then we'll talk a little bit about timelines, but having a company and, and most companies that do this well, I'll warn you are, are not cheap. And we're talking about cleaning. We're talking about professionally cleaned, but it's not getting a cleaner through the way like a weekly clean that a, a family might have a cleaner. It's it's and like it's a usually proper, not cleaning yourself. No, it's not cleaning yourself. It's it's getting professional professionals to come in and do what's called a move out clean, and that means that they're basically it's right down to like wiping around the food in your fridge uh, level clean, right? Like they're cleaning the appliances, they're cleaning the grout, they're cleaning. Everything is going to be, you know, clean is subjective. What these guys basically do is they take out the subjectivity of it. Like they, they make it so that nobody's going to think your place is dirty. So this is the, the move out clean when you're getting ready for market. Great piece of advice. Now, you mentioned that's something we do. I think there's a bunch of people out there listening that are going, wow, this is a, this is a, a great list, but kind of overwhelming. Yeah. Um, you know, like... Each one of these things seems quite simple. It's actually not overwhelming, though, when you're doing it. And it's also worth noting, get in touch with a good realtor beforehand because they can help you through this. Like we have a staging consultant where a lot of these things, the depersonalize, the declutter. It's a list given to you. Yeah. What you can do to enhance your bathroom. She's an objective person who does this day in, day out right. for a living and she comes through. So this and, and may, we have a handyman on retainer. This is a, it's it's a very different experience working with a team that looks for these specifics. And I will say, and I'm not trying to plug uh, our services, but what I will say is that if you hire an agent, these are the types of the the amount of. I'm going to read a quote here. Let let me just put it this way: If Matt, uh, this is a great quote. Yeah. This is a great quote. I got you it. actually. I think this is. In your, I, workshop, I didn't write it. in your workshop as well, though, you have this. I, I have this hanging over my... Uh, my, my Something you're going to drill into your two girls. My, my workshop. read it. Uh, give me six hours to chop down a tree and I will spend the first four sharpening the axe. 
And that's was that, that Bill Shakespeare? That would no, that was that was Abraham Lincoln. And and you know what I, I love about that is that is like the key to a successful rollout is that we get it. Sometimes people have to rush to get on on the market and you can move pretty quick on this stuff, but the upfront prep work is going to get a way better result every single time. Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. We want to take a minute to tell you about Holy House, a nonprofit organization that provides community building programs and tenant support services to low-income seniors, veterans, families, and vulnerable residents in the downtown east side and across the lower mainland. Melissa from our team has been volunteering at Holy House. Melissa, what's been your experience? Honestly, it's been so fulfilling just to spend a few hours a week in the community and watch how the staff really transforms these vulnerable communities from the inside out, starting with just small things, right? Playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just feeling like you've really made an impact and connected with the community. And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games, drinking coffee. Yeah. You know, serving food sometimes. And you made some friends along the way. I've made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually, in those moments of just, you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right? Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Conkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer. And they're looking for both donations and they definitely like volunteers. That's holyhouse.ca. Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020. As a final prep subject to, to broach here, you know, we mentioned cleaners, um, right. We mentioned a staging consultant. Yep. What about staging in Vancouver? Because obviously staging is, is potentially part of the preparation. A lot of people look at staging and they say, Three grand, thirty five hundred bucks. Oh my god! Five Wait, grand, and or it's going to be it it's going to be eight hundred dollars ongoing month after month if this isn't selling. Yeah, um, and those are mostly condo prices, like in that kind of five grand rate. And you can spend a lot of money on staging, but here's the simple reality: Vancouver and Toronto are staging markets. They are, and and you just have to wrap your head around that. Our real estate's too expensive here. You can leave a ton of money on the table if you don't make sure your property shows as well as it could. And it's not, it doesn't mean that you pull all your furniture out and put it in storage. You can do what's called a partial stage. And you know what? Maybe even the stager will use your furniture if you have beautiful furniture, beautiful and bring art, in some pieces. Um, or just complimentary pieces. Maybe there won't be any rentals at all. But if you're not doing a staging consultation, you just have to. You just have to bring somebody through. If even one good idea comes out of that meeting, it's, it's worth the time, it's worth the effort. And um, it might be as small as, uh, you know, this mirror should go on this side of the room or, or whatever. Well, and you right? know what? And you think about it, it's, it you're going to have a host of people through 
during showings, during open houses. Right. The, I often think of the staging consult is just somebody that would be walking through that's that knows exactly what it should look like, who's willing to give you those ideas and take it or leave it. You know, if you get 30 ideas and like you said, you use one, it's definitely worth having that. And two last things about staging uh, that we like. One is a, a good stager can see uh, potential negatives of a property and detract from those areas. So they right. can they can move the eye away from blemishes or um, awkward spaces uh, and show the, uh, a potential buyer how they can be used. Sure. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's an art and a science. I would rather spend money on staging than updates. A lot of people think, should we redo the kitchen? And I'd rather, I think it's, it's incredible what staging can do in say an original condition unit that's 20, 30 100%. years old. If you use modern, beautiful furniture to detract from the original cabinetry or whatever, it is phenomenal what staging can do. And all you have to do is, is look online at, before and after photos of, of staged properties. They've done countless studies that prove that staging gets you more money. And, and the ROI is really good on staging. But the other thing, I, you know, I would say uh, two, more, two more things actually about, about staging is one is it's really great for teaching people how to use the space or putting ideas about what rooms can be used for. Um, we've said this on the podcast before, but we've actually had buyers walk into and I mean, it's it's not that hard to imagine people doing this, but walk into an, a bedroom that doesn't have a bed in there and say, oh, what is this room? Is this a den or what is this? Does and a it, bed even fit in here? Yeah. Or does a bed even fit in here? It's like, well, don't have that. Don't create that conversation. Put a bed in there. Right. Right. Especially because almost every time a bed does fit in there, someone's just overthinking the size of a bed. Yeah. Right. And so, I mean, I think that's, that's uh, a key condition. Um, the other thing about staging is if you have a vacant unit, it's always a good idea to stage it because vacant units, um, again, not everybody's spatially gifted. A lot of people think that that empty spaces feel smaller than they actually are. And getting furniture and the right size furniture in there can help considerably in terms of uh, showing off the property. You know, you mentioned giving people ideas on how to use the space or showing them how to use the space. This makes me think of, I don't think it was staged, but a one bed at Strathcona village that had a, a full bar in the bedroom, a full bar, a full bar. Okay. I don't bring up the prop, my property on the show, Uh, but if you're uh, like, Oh, a bar goes in here. Is that, was there actually a bed in there? Yeah. A bed in a full bar. I think, uh, I think it was, uh, yeah, I think, I think it was quite a bachelor pad. (laughs) What, what, What gave you that idea? Uh, let's talk about like, so just here, I, maybe we should just, just pop back over these very quickly, just as a summary, too long, don't read summary, maybe. Right. Um, but, uh, number one for what you want to do is you want to depersonalize two was declutter. Three was clear, clean surfaces. Four was lighted up. Five was neutralize art. Six was mirrors and reflective surfaces can make small spaces feel larger. Seven was closets should be 60% full, 40% empty at most. Eight was organize your storage. Nine was make your bed look like a hotel bed. Ten was spa up the bathroom. Eleven was make your patio or landscaping feel like a dreamlike refuge. A sanctuary. A sanctuary, some might say. Twelve was repair minor blemishes. And what was 13, Matt? I'm just trying Thir- to think 13 here. was curb appeal. Appeals 13. to the masses, 
Paint the trim, touch up the paint. You uh, you gave a host of others. And last but not least, 14 was consider adding modern accessories, whether it's it's, uh, hardware on the cabinetries or light fixtures, etc. And last but not least was 15, which is book a move out clean. It'll be money well spent. That's an extensive list. And then we had a a deep meditation on staging. We did have a deep... (laughs) Meditation on staging. Uh, last but not least, th- there's got to be at least a takeaway in here for somebody out there. Um, and and this, and we're only halfway through the show. This was this we're is just, not halfway through, but we do have one segment left. Yeah, we do. So so we've talked. Th- these these are things just to summarize and conclude in in a in a useful manner. Um, we've already summarized. These are things we do in any market, right? Sure. But. When two out of 10 homes are selling in this current market, and it is very challenging where many buyers are very nervous and looking for reasons not to buy real estate, these are some of the ways that you can really get your property to the next level and not have those objections in which buyers are going to leave saying, I wasn't sure with all those dents in the wall that I, that I want to move forward with that one. Everything else was great. Right. Okay, Matt. So moving on to now the strategy when it comes to pricing. I think I think we've done enough with preparation. Yeah, exactly. And in forty five minutes on prep. <laughs> here's the thing too about about the pricing strategy. We're we're going to talk about five things. It's not an exhaustive list, but a couple of things to keep in mind for sure. And a lot of things are are property specific. Yeah, this is these are all. Keep in mind that these are general ideas to help guide you. But each property needs a very specific marketing strategy. Uh, What's the value proposition? Exactly. And it's worth pointing out, you know, uh, we're talking primarily uh, closer to the core, uh, Vancouver, North Van Burnaby. Sure. But sub-market's important. uh, And it might be an entirely different proposition right now in Langley. Uh, we of course. Couldn't even say. Yeah. And okay, so let's let's get through this list. We've got number one is understand your sub-market in the sub-areas, and you do that by looking at the sales ratios. And property types, right? So right. we're talking sub-markets and property types. It's worth noting right now, uh, demand has dwindled, but I think the surprising story over the last six to nine months is that inventory is still down. Right. So a lot of the buyers we've been working with uh, have expressed extreme frustration, especially over the summer, um, depending on what they're looking for, uh, for for finding good product. Like they're ready to buy. It's just like, there's nothing good out there. Well, this is the thing too. When you think about an area specifically, a lot of people want to buy maybe close to their family or the area that they already rent in or that they already live in. And some of these areas, you don't see a lot of new inventory, especially yeah. if you're looking in the detached or for a specific type of property, um, half duplex, uh, for example, or townhome. The, you know, there's not a lot of stuff coming to market. So if you have something with in an area with low inventory where the sales ratio seems to be high, that that doesn't mean you're in a bad spot at, at all. That means you're in a great position, and maybe that changes how you come to market. Well, yeah, and as a as an overarching idea here, we're not talking about Canadian real estate. We're not even talking about Greater Vancouver real estate. When you're uh, trying to understand where your property fits, it's working with somebody who's local and understands exactly what's going on in the sub-market and is providing data about the property type you're selling because it's the devil's in the details. Yeah, the riches are in the niches. Uh, <laughs> next up is number two. Don't look too far backwards. 
uh, when it comes to pricing? This is something that I think, you know, in a, in a, in a softening market, sellers are the last to realize, right? Yeah. Buyers are way their property is worth more than it is. Exactly. Exactly. So buyers are, are generally, uh, almost often ahead of the curve, almost immediately in terms of new pricing and uh, establishing uh, new uh, values. Sellers are behind. You don't want to be the guy looking back at March, the guy or gal, uh, looking back at March pricing or February pricing or last November something uh, that seems like a good comparable sold. Uh, This is not the market to be looking too far back. You want to get ahead of the market and you want to price sharp. In in the words of one of my favorite wordsmiths, uh, Fat Joe, yesterday's price is not today's price. <laughs> That's right. So uh, one other thing to note about sharp pricing right now, and it goes back to uh, the general sales ratio uh, that we uh, led with, two out of 10 homes are selling. Right. Okay. So y- y- all of the, cut out the noise and just think about that. 10 markets or 10 homes come to market, only two are going to sell price, no matter how much you scrub uh, and get ready for market, price is significant. You want to stand out there and you want to be attractive. Yeah. You want to get attention. um, But at the same time, you want to be very careful when it comes to bait price right now. So can we remind, I think everybody knows bait price, but let's remind people what we mean. Well, here's the thing, right? For the last two years or so, and and depending on the market we're in, but definitely for the past, you know, 18 months to, to 24 months, uh, a lot of people have been going on for you know ninety nine cents when they really want a dollar fifty, right? So you a low and an artificially low price to get as many people through the doors, really busy open houses, and then a set offer date. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to get multiple offers. You're trying to get you know five, ten, fifteen, you know, in many cases even higher than that offers. And you can go back to the top offers. The best news is that typically subject free kind of wins the day with deposit. And also you can you can really leverage people's emotion uh, to fall in love with the property to get the price up. So that's generally speaking the strategy. And and when it comes to bait price, why it works in hot markets, of course, is obviously because there's a lot of demand. But just like I said, buyers are usually ahead of the curve right. uh, in a falling market often they're ahead in a rising market as well, where somebody is is willing to pay a premium to lock in a price because uh, whatever reason they have a line on the future. But you're seeing often in rising markets pricing that doesn't reflect a comparable from three weeks ago or three months ago, that's for sure. sure. Um, so it works. Conversely, right. in a market that's software where two out of 10 properties are selling, um, we're not seeing people with the motivation to get involved in those in, in those the same bidding, in the bidding wars, and and also you were seeing a lot of those bidding wars uh, potentially fall flat right now, right? Where where you end up with maybe four or five offers, but all of them have conditions, and you don't see a lot of price escalation, and maybe they don't even hit what would be generally conceived of as as market value. I I feel like right now, and this is anecdotally, I think from talking with people, but also. Um, you know, one of our listings last week, uh, I was working with a buyer where this is a case where what you're pricing it at is determined to be, okay, you know, whether you're on at, let's say, $899 or $869, if you get two offers, somebody might give you asking price on either of those. Right. But on $869, it's, it's much rarer right now for somebody to offer you $900. They'll, they'll maybe give 1000 over to, to compete, 
uh, if you're priced sharply, but we're not seeing the appetite for those big jumps in pricing. And if you go back to people, uh, some people don't even want to compete and some people are not interested in, in increasing their offers. That's for sure. But it's psychologically right now, you don't want to feel like you have to compete for something in a lot of cases, and you don't want to feel like you're overpaying in a market like this, right? So psychologically, buyers are pulling back. It's very difficult for, for somebody to really drive up a price. Uh, you know, there are rare cases happening in this market, but it's not like it was. So at the end of the day, the price should be sharp, but you want to set the expectation. The pricing matters right now more than it did six months ago. That's for sure. Yeah. And that sharp price should be one that you're willing to accept. Moving on to number four, make sure you have a good feedback loop in place when you list your property. Now, and this, that's often an agent. I was going to say this is, and you should have this in any market, right? A, a good feedback loop. You want to know what's going on, but in a market that's changing quite quickly, and potentially not in your favor, you want to be able to correct course. Sure. And if you're not in fairly constant communication, you don't have the, the relevant information. How many calls are we getting? How many showings are we getting? What is the feedback? Uh, you don't have that information to make that call. And it's essentially sleeping at the switch. Well, and this is the other thing too. We've talked about a lot on this show over the past six years, but this idea of like, where the seller is so clearly chasing the market, but never quite hitting the price that they actually need to. So right. they're adjusting. And by the time that they adjust, that price is too high for the current market we're in. You have to be ahead of the market. You have to be ahead of the market. You have to be aware of what's going on, which speaks to this uh, loop. But we often talk about stigma. And this goes back to all the preparation you've presumably done right. uh, by this point. Stigma is something that is very hard to deal with in a market like this, because no matter how well prepared you are, everything looks right. But wait, why does nobody want this property? So if you've missed the market a couple of times and you're on 35, 40, 60, 90 days, there's a number of buyers, especially in a softer market that are going to give it a miss j just on that alone. Sure. And number five, Matt, you got to still confidently control the narrative. I feel like these strategic things we've been talking about so far are almost present as running scared. And that is not the intent. Yeah, no, you got to be confident in your property. You got to be confident in the fact that, you know, you're, you're a great product and that you've carefully priced your product to sell. You got to be really just confident and a good agent should be able to help you control the narrative to the property. So for an example of that would be, you know, instead of doing two open houses that feel dead because there's maybe only going to be six or seven buyers that come through sporadically throughout two days of opens, do one open house on a Saturday where all seven come through and potentially see each other to suggest that you're getting good activity. But there's different ways to actually improve uh, how you're perceived on the market. Exactly. And keep in mind, I mean, it's there's a lot of doom and gloom out there right now, but uh, the inventory is low. Yes. The inventory is always lackluster in Vancouver. It's just the nature of this city. And you hear it all the time in this business. I know what I have. Remember, you own a property in a very desirable city and that is you're in the driver's seat for the most part and make sure that you present that way. Yeah. And no one in this room is scared. That's for sure. Last but not least, and I think this speaks to controlling the narrative, be accommodating, cooperative, but not desperate. Yeah, exactly. And now let's talk a little bit about timelines because we're moving into, I think, hour two of this podcast. 
So thinking about timelines, really, if you had a, 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 first of all, a few considerations about how to roll out a listing, let's just go through this list. I think it's all pretty self-explanatory. A lot of people, and, and, and we're included in this camp, take the uh, strategy of launching on a Monday uh, or a Tuesday if Monday is a holiday. Um, and you want to go live on MS, MLS uh, during business hours. Um, there have been countless studies that show that people at work uh, are looking Especially at... if they're working from home. Yeah. It, these, are, these are my and, own observations. And that's, that's only going <laughs> up now that people are quiet quitting. Um, so avoid long weekends or popular travel periods to launch listings. Obviously, you're not going to get as many eyeballs um, on, on a brand new listing, which is really your biggest moment. Like when you go live, that's the moment. And you only it, get one chance to make a first impression. That's, that's true. Uh, try to avoid launching during sh- stressful times for yourself at home or at work or when you have visitors coming to town. That's never a good, a good situation where you're, you're trying to do the open and, and you've got, uh, you know, uh, your and cousin Sally in the den. Yeah. Cousin Tom on the couch. <laughs> Uh, Uncle Matt on the floor. Uh, <laughs> la- launch at a time when you can be flexible around showings and open houses. And of course, if it's a tenanted property, which always uh, there's a lot of tenanted properties that are being marketed in Vancouver, provide ample notice to tenants and any decision makers on showings so that it runs smoothly. Now, Adam, we have a document called the sold plan start on launch date yeah. that basically walks you through three weeks until launch, two weeks until launch, one week until launch. I think we've given a lot of information here today about how you should go about preparing your property for market today and some strategic considerations for pricing. The Five Wire is brought to you by Scalina Real Estate. Hey. That sounds familiar. Scalina Real Estate is a full-service real estate company serving Vancouver, offering comprehensive tried and tested buyer and seller systems. With over a decade in the top 10% of realtors in the lower mainland and a perfect five-star Google review, Scalina Real Estate can help with all your real estate needs. We also have an extensive network of the best industry professionals and trades right across the country. There's no reason to not get in touch. Head over to scalinarealestate.com to find out more. But in a perfect world, quickly, what does the rollout look like? Well, if you think about it, if you have, you know, time and you're kind of, you're, you're getting ready, say you're about three weeks out, first thing you want to do is you want to pick your launch date and work your way backwards. That's why this document that we have is called Start on Launch Date, because you're, you're really working your way back from a date that you select. So say, for example, you pick a date, a Monday that is the launch date three weeks from now. Three weeks out from the launch, you want to be meeting with your agent to discuss goals, doing a walkthrough of the property. You want to be going over a comparative market analysis, which is how we figure out pricing and updating that uh, that uh, comparative market analysis because it's always a living, breathing thing as the market shifts. Um, you want to be putting together your pricing strategy then and signing any listing agreements, getting paperwork ready, of course, ordering strata documents, things like that, so that they'll be uh, around on time and that you have time prior to review strata documents or any property documents. There's nothing worse in a market like this where you, if you're not holding off on offers, you potentially get two or three groups interested even before the weekend. And uh, somebody potentially is going to put a very short subject date or subject free. And they say, just send the strata documents over and the agent doesn't have those documents. And it's like, all right, well, you're not selling this property right now because literally you're, you're just not prepared. Right, exactly. Or they're missing a document. Make sure that all your ducks are in a row. You want to handle objections up front. 
Uh, two weeks out until launch, you're looking at a staging consultation, decluttering, making sure, sure that the home is show ready. Obviously, it depends how much stuff you have in your property. This might need to be like a two months out thing. But, um, you know, typically for condos and people that are, are thinking about or have already started this process, this is when you want to double down on uh, basically getting the decluttering, getting all the preparation done. You want to discuss your showing schedules, complete the minor repairs and touch-ups. Uh, this is when most agents are probably organizing a floor plan um, to make sure that they've got the square footage uh, maximized and correct. And then one week out, you've got your home professionally cleaned, professional photography, professional videography, Matterport if required. Um, you're signing off on, on all the marketing copy and you're establishing how you're going to be handling offers. If you're going to be signing uh, what we call a DRPO or a direction uh, regarding present, presenting offers um, and, and just how to move forward. And it goes without saying, Adam, uh, in, in this three-week launch period, start on launch date, photos matter, videos matter, floor plan matters, all of these things that, again, uh, in other markets, potentially, you can put a doghouse on uh, with an iPhone photo and it's still going to get 10 offers. That's not the case right now. Two out of 10, I repeat, two out of 10 homes are selling right now. Yeah. You want... Not the time to to skimp on uh, on photos and video. You, no, absolutely not. You you want to make sure that whoever you're working with is uh, is proper edit is properly marketing your property. Yeah, Matt. Well, uh, I think that wraps it up. Let's go to the outro. So there you have it, folks. That is. A bunch of information brought to you by uh, yours truly and yeah. uh, and uh, uh, I was there too. Adam. I was, <laughs> yeah, by yours truly. Uh, Adam was there too. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing. Um, that was that was action packed. It was a lot of information. If your head is spinning right now, um, and you know you're 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 thinking about, I want this in a concise form. Well, ask for the sold plan. Um, it goes out the start on launch date plan. It's a one-pager document that has a lot of the information that we talked about. Um, you can also go to the site. Um, we have everything from cleaning lists to the preparation lists. We have it all there. It's all part of the sold plan. Um, get in touch. And, and you should be on the five wire because there's a one-click button on the five one wire. One-click button on the five wire. That will get you the sold plan. So. That's right. So are we already doing the website? Yeah, let's go straight to the website, Matt. Okay, so this is VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. This is where all things real estate related live. Head over to VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com for the live wire. This is where you can get the sold plan. One click away for all this information. You can also get access to VIP pre-sales. You can also get the running tally of the shows. You know, some people I find don't listen every single show. Right. And they don't check in on Apple podcast. But, I'm shocked. But they look at the live wire. Yeah. And they're like, oh my God, Mike Bucci was on the show. I got to hear this. Right. right. So it's a great running tally of what's going on, uh, not only on the Vancouver Real Estate podcast, but in Vancouver real estate more generally. And of course, we also have private client services. Because Matt, if you are not using PCS, you are standing still while the rest of us power walk by. You get sold prices, days on market. You basically get realtor level information for free. It's available at your fingertips over at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. You should also follow us on Instagram. And the reason I'm saying that is because we're posting a lot more. We did we did an interesting, what would you call that? A poll? I'm not it even sure. It wasn't an official poll. I, I, you, you're not on Instagram very much, but... 
I did a poll on who's going to win this upcoming election, Kennedy Stewart or Ken Sim. And I think it's expired, but it was a very... Uh, Who won? Uh, Ken Sim. Um, By how much? But we might be Wait in, a echo, second. What in was, an echo chamber. What was the percentage? I think it was like roughly a 75-25 so split. Here's, I, I just told you this. I got my hair cut the other day. Because yeah. I feel like we the fear is we're in an echo chamber. Yeah. And uh, So you're at Singleton's. Is, I was, that, <laughs> is, that where, is that where you were? I was in, yeah, in the strip mall. Yeah. Uh, no, but I... A bunch I, of six-year-olds and you. It, the election it came up and this was a good cross-section of Vancouver. And I feel like, man, that Mario Canseco poll where Kennedy Stewart was in the lead, I brought it up. No one could believe it. No one there was voting for him. And to be fair, though, I would say that your 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 salon, <laughs> barbershop, whatever you call it, I think in, it's a hair salon. Hair yeah. salon. It's in uh, it's in Gastown, right? An area that's that's been beat up in the city. And I yeah, I but just the, wonder. But the people that work there and the owner was there as well, and uh, and they don't live in the neighborhood. Like they're well, West End has been yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it, they've had a cup rough couple years. I don't know. It's weird. It's the it's the echo chamber thing. Do you are you hearing? Uh, no, but if but we would be saying no. Just to if somebody's in Yale Town, right? If somebody's in the West End, if somebody's in Gastown, if somebody's in Chinatown, if somebody's potentially in Kits, like it's like where does it end? Where does right. the echo chamber end? Yeah, I hang out with a lot of people in the hair industry. So <laughs> that's that's me specifically. I guess the one thing is, is Instagram's got the stuff that we're thinking and talking about on it. Uh, follow us on Instagram. The other thing is, we're going to be doing. We've got shirts coming in like the next. One to seven days. It's it's a it's a moving. I'm target. excited about this. Uh, we've got the build more housing shirt coming and the uh, live from Kokomo Studios shirt coming. Two fantastic shirts. I posted them on Instagram. We're also got looking some for models. Feedback. We're looking for models. Yeah, yeah, and 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 uh, and and that has nothing to do with the shirt. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but. Uh, um, <laughs> never mind. Check us out on Instagram. Um, it's super exciting, and we're going to be giving away prizes. And uh, you can imagine mugs and shirts. We got a lot of them, so reach out, and there'll be some upcoming stuff uh, to get your own shirt. We have hundreds of these coming. Yeah, hundreds. I, I'm my whole wardrobe. It's going to be just like the Inspector Gadget. No, I'm excited. I'm excited V-Rep about shirts. these shirts. It's going to be great. If you want to talk about that, uh, the sold plan potentially marketing a property or anything else, give me a call at 778-847-2854 or matt at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. Or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or adam at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. We also got the Kokomo line as always, info at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. We'll have a great week, guys, and we're back with some more great content next week. Take care. Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today.